Hi, you are welcome to the Gokiobasa podcast, a podcast about life, excellence, leadership, and technology. My name is Gokiobasa, and I will be your host. Join me as I share my thoughts. Hello, welcome back to the Gokiobasa podcast. Today, I will be sharing about my career path, my journey from being a student to becoming an engineering manager. I've been thinking a lot about the best way to share this um thoughts with you you know um career path is something that i guess asked about a lot um how did you become an engineering manager what was your journey been like and um one way i thought i could share this is by going year by year on the key milestones i achieved in those years and also highlighting what i felt like was the important things i did or what were the things that influenced um the decisions i made that year and also what were some of the learnings I had for that year. So that's um, that's how I will structure this. So I would go from 2010, which is when I gained admission to the university, and I would try to share as um, much as 2020, which is the, the year we are in currently. So that's a journey of about 10 years. So sit back and let's have fun. Right, so 2010 was an interesting year for me because I gained admission into the university. I'd been seeking admission for a while, and it took a while before I, I gained admission. I actually had to write um, the entrance examination about three times. But I, I got in, quite exciting, and I also got into study something really cool, which was computer science with mathematics. Um, a really cool subject. I was super excited about getting into the university. I was really excited about learning all these cool things that people were doing with computers, Right. So um, I dived in. I attended a lot of trainings. Right. So I was attending trainings, the Linux training. There was the um, there were Google events with various trainings as well. I also attended this one. Um, there was also IEEE Spark, which is the Student Professional Awareness Conference. I also attended this um all these programs influenced me in different ways. I think the biggest influence was that they made me know what was possible, right? I was this person coming from Ibadan without any prior exposure to programming. But by attending these programs, I got to know that there were possibilities, there were things that could be done. I could go into networking, I could go into graphics, I could go into programming, right? So these things, um, these trainings basically exposed me. And then in this same 2010, um, during the um, semester break, rather than going home, which is what most students would do, I stayed back in the university to do a training. So this training um, had various sections and I did the um, three topics. So first was graphics, the second one was web design, and the last one was networking. Um, graphics was really fun. I learned to use CorelDRAW, a bit of Photoshop. I learned about web design, so basics of HTML and CSS. I could make a few things up on there as well. And I learned networking. I would say at this point, networking actually picked my interest the most, right? It was really cool. I liked that you could link two computers together and make them communicate. I liked that I could understand how, um, like the fun, the basics of how the internet works. So things like the the OSI model, um, things like RG45 um, connectors, things like LAN cables, the various categories that you had. These were all interesting things to me, you know. So um, 2010 was really nice. I was exposed. At this point, I'll be honest, I wasn't even sure I was going to go into programming, right? Because I'd learned three things and it seemed like networking was going to be it for me, right? But um, yeah, in the future, I was going to make a decision that would basically 
pivot me into the direction that my career is today. Sit back. Yes, so now, 2011. 2011, um, I was in part two, second year, more in the department, which means I did less generalized course and more focused courses around the, my course of study, which was computer science, right? And um, introduction to programming with, um, I think with Fortran, if I'm right, um, a bit of Fortran came in there and um, a few other things as well. But I think the, the big defining moment for me in 2011 was when the university went on strike. So um, I won't go into the details of why we were on strike, but we were on strike for about two months. The good thing about it was that these two months for me was not wasted. I actually spent two months of my life learning programming on my own. Or I won't say on my own, but self-learning basically. So I I was working at a Saba cafe. And the good thing about working at a Saba cafe is you get access to the internet. At this point, internet was generally expensive in Nigeria. I couldn't even afford to have one. Or I didn't even have a good phone, you know, that could connect me to the internet. But I was working at the Saba cafe, so I... I had access to the internet and what I did was I downloaded a lot of like tools that you don't need to install anything on the on the PCs before you could use it. So um, Python compiler, portable Python compiler, I learned Python, I joined a number of communities back then because whenever I was stuck, which is usually the challenge um, when you start learning programming, you get stuck. Um, I joined communities, I joined communities. I, if you come to mind now, there was Danny Webb. I was really put into the Python community then trying to ask questions, also support other people across the world, um, putting programs I've written out there to see why is it not running, why is it not working, putting ideas out there. It was quite cool. And then I, I think I also joined Dreaming Code. Um, Dreaming Code was also quite cool. Um, yeah, I was just really passionate about Python then, like trying to do lots of things, looking into some libraries, I'm looking into how I could make GUI applications, looking into how I could um, build games with Pygame. <laughs> yeah, like th there were lots of cool things about Python, you know. But uh, yeah, the highlight of my 2011 was I got, I delved into programming and I realized, yes, this is something I would like to really do. This is something I want to do long term because I, I like solving problems and programming gave me that opportunity to think of an idea or think of a problem and try to solve it. So let's go on to 2012. In 2012, um, again, I attended another training. This time around, it was for building mobile applications. So um, there was something called J2ME, Java 2 Mobile Edition. This was the platform that was used to build, um, that was, this was the platform that was used to build the applications that we had that run on feature devices back then. So these devices from Nokia, um, Motorola, there were a number of companies that had these devices back then, and it was just more common in Nigeria at that point. So I, I dived into into learning about developing mobile applications with J2ME. It was a difficult training because um, we had to follow the instructor. My instructor was really great and shared a lot of things with me. Um, <laughs> learned to build, build mobile applications somehow, um, a lot of drag and drop, putting everything into a single file. The good thing was build apps. The apps worked. And from there, um, started to build, think about ideas I could do, build an app for my fellowship, build an app together with my friends. You know, it was really good. I think another key thing that happened in 2012 was I joined the mentorship program. So one of my 
um, mentors in school then um, recommended me for a mentorship program and I got in. And I would say this mentorship program basically changed the course of my career, right? Uh, I will talk a bit more about this after the break. Welcome back. So, like I said, I joined the mentorship program called Mentorship International. So Mentorship International was quite interesting. It was this group of people working in various top companies in the world. They came in together to form a group and basically their goal was to mentor people, right? So we had people working at Google, at Apple, at Morgan Stanley, people working at um, at Intel as well. And they basically had ideas or had problems to solve while providing stipends to us as mentees, but were also giving us technical guidance and providing resources that normally would not be able to afford. So for example, at this point was where I was further exposed to an AWS server, which normally I wouldn't be able to afford at that point in time. I messed it up, messed one of it up, actually, like um, messed up the sudo as file. We couldn't log into the EC2 instance anymore. But I learned something, right? So this mentorship program gave me the opportunity to solve problems and actually see the problems being solved go live, right? There were a few things we did that we pushed out there. Um, actually try to find product market fit, solve problems. We were doing meetings every Saturday where we came, we shared about the work we did and also got feedback about um, how we were performing. Most importantly, there was also technical guidance, right? How to build things, how to solve problems the right way, connections to people. Um, yeah, the program really gave me a lot, really gave me a lot, especially in terms of my career. And this actually set the stage for for things that would happen for me in the future we uh, i will talk about them when we when we get there but sit back and let's move on to 2013 2013 quite interesting year really really exciting energetic year um to summarize in 2013 i started to do like gigs along with my friend yemi we were taking like um gigs and we could also generate some income from us for ourselves by just building apps for people, right? Using things we had learned before. I think this was really cool. This was really, really cool. And um, what I find more exciting about 2013 was the competitions we attended, right? So in, um, I think October, participated in the IEEE Extreme 7.0 with my team, with, um, I think, Sao and Perfect, Amazing, amazing, amazing team, amazing team. And we placed first in Nigeria and I think top 300 or 200 team in the world, right? This was really exciting. It was a 24-hour programming competition, IEEE Extreme, and um, we had to solve problems. We quite, quite exciting time. And I really, really was happy to have been part of that experience. That same year as well, I also went with my team. We competed at the Ishpon National Software Competition in Tinapa. So it was myself, Moyi, and Yemi. And we were mentored by Boye. Then we represented the, my university there. We placed third. was quite fun, right? So we were always um, used to just building things, but we actually had to defend what we built. We got asked questions, the viability of it, product market fit, how does it solve problems, you know, and um, basically had to learn a lot about presentation skills then. This was really cool. Um, that same year as well, um, it was also my um, the internship, right? So for I was in the Faculty of Technology and for courses in the Faculty of Technology, you needed to do like a minimum six-month internship, right? So I started this internship at the Center of Excellence in Software Engineering. 
which was in the university then. Um, it was a really great team. We were doing a lot of interesting things and also got exposed to um, collaboration, working with SVN, building something together with a team, um, solving problems. Um, it was really, really fun this time at COEX. And uh, yeah, that's rounds of 2013. Let's move on to 2014. So in 2014, again, competed in another competition, the IEEE Extreme 8.0. was super fun as well. It was myself, Yemi, and Moni once again teaming up to compete there. We didn't do so well because we had just gotten back from another competition, right? So we had represented my university, or not just our university, actually. We had represented Nigeria at the JITEC Student Lab competition in Dubai. And we flew in that same day, got back, and actually had to compete at the IEEE Extreme 8.0. Not an excuse, not giving excuses. <laughs> but um, it was, again, a great experience. Um, even though we didn't do so well, other teams did well. We had really healthy competition also with another university where we were um, really trying to just, you know, do well and come out top. So, again, exciting time. And... Um, that year as well, I also um, joined Conga as a software engineer intern. Yes, so I interned at Conga. At Conga, basically, I tried to do many things. So, build some web applications, build something with Android, build apps for the warehouse, try to build some new apps also that initiatives we were trying to work on then. It was really, really exciting. It was a big exposure, right? I also got exposed to DevOps for as Conga, um, like... It was really fun working at Conga then, um, trying to solve problems. We were really at this point where we weren't sure what next, but we knew for sure that there was a lot ahead of us, right? And I really knew there was a lot ahead of me with this exposure at Conga. So yes, I worked at Conga a bit longer because again, there was a strike. I'd return to school and I had to go back to Conga to continue, which was fun, right? So my internship was quite extended in the end, um, much longer than planned, but it was a good experience because I got to actually work at work at both COEX and Conga as an intern. In 2015, I graduated, um, did my project in augmented reality. Eventually, that project was also published in um, one of the publications. But um, I think the cool thing was that I got the opportunity also to return back to Conga to work on a new project that was being commissioned. And we actually were able to deliver on this project in, in time to save the company money. I think this was really exciting. I was also on the same team with my friend again, Yemi. Um, that was also cool. And I think it was what was quite different was this time around, like coming back to Conga, I felt like I was actually working on things that, not like I wasn't working on things that mattered before, but this time around, I think it was the approach or the way I looked at things had changed. So I now realize that I'm not an intern anymore. I'm not a student anymore. I have to solve problems and been paid to solve problems, you know, so I feel like it was just a different experience for me. Again, intense, again, interesting, again, lots of exposure. Um, there were much more people at Conga then. There was also more structure. The engineering process was much better. I got to work with different people now, all in various parts of the world today, which was really cool, right? But later that year, I also decided to leave Conga and move to Kotan Kush Limited. It was a um, software and product development company, right? So we basically built projects for clients, various clients, um, banks, insurance companies, logistics companies, LNG companies, both in Nigeria and outside Nigeria. Working at Kotan Kush was really great because um, it was an opportunity to actually craft something from scratch. So started the company, not a lot of engineering processes existed, not much existed, but 
um yeah initially um really wanted to really have like a bit of structure to get things in place but eventually took this up along with my friend Yemi we actually found a way to set up engineering processes that worked set up recruitment pipelines that worked created an an environment that we were able to solve problems using the resources that we had right with very little guidance i think this was really cool um the engineering office was in Ibadan, and um the business office was in lagos and um it was really nice got to work with various amazing people both as interns and also as full-time engineers all doing amazing things today right so um i think the key thing for me at quarter and kush was the opportunity to actually own end-to-end how things worked so we basically owned the quality of what we were delivering we owned the process we couldn't complain or point fingers we could only only just make it better make things better and i think we were able to do that at quarter and kush limited in um 2016 um, I also had to go on the National Youth Service Corps program in Nigeria, which is NYAC. So you need to serve the country for a year. So I did that. It was quite fun. Went to camp for a, a few weeks. Interesting experience. But um, I think the key thing for me that year was I also became the ICT CDS president. So CDS means Community Development Service. And what this group basically does is to do um, various community initiatives relating to ICT. So we actually did an outreach to the prison. I think this was a really humbling experience for me. Yes, impactful and for sure also made me more grateful to God for what I had and the opportunities I had, right? Not just for the knowledge, for even for the freedom that I had. So that was interesting. In 2017, um, finished NYSC and officially a full-time working class Nigerian, which was fun and nice. And I also became a senior software engineer at Kota and Kuch. So um, when I look back, I try to think about why. Why was I given this new role of a senior software engineer or a lead engineer? I think this was because I had already shown the um, ownership and also shown the leadership skills to organize people, make sure that people are more productive, which is the typical multiplier effect that we all learn about as senior engineers, right? So I was making sure that the team was productive. My team was productive. I was leading a mobile team then, I think at the point, almost six engineers. And um, they were productive, making sure that engineering processes were streamlined, making sure that productivity was improved. I think so. If I look back, I would say those are the things that probably led. Maybe there were more things, but those are the things I I can think of now that led to this um, new, this promotion and also role. And that same year, I also became the GDG Badon organizer. Organizing GDG Badon community was really fun. So GDG means the Google Developer Group. And that basically means the Google Developer Group based in Badon. It was really nice to organize people together. We did trainings, we did events, we hosted program programs. What was most exciting was hosting Deaf Fest Southwest 2017, right? So in the past, all the Southwestern Deaf Fest developer festivals were always held in Lagos. And basically, as an organizer, they got this opportunity to actually bring this event to Ibadan. This um, opportunity actually gave me exposure also to other things, right? organizing an event at scale, some of the challenges that occurred there, bringing people together to solve problems. 2017 was really, really cool. It was really, really cool. Now, let's talk about 2018. So by the end of 2017, actually, I had started to consider doing a PhD program, right? I was keen on robotics. I was keen on also natural language processing, and I was also keen on autonomous vehicles, right? I wanted to solve problems in these areas. I started to apply to PhD programs in the US. 
and I applied to a number of programs. And in 2018, I was supposed to get like feedback from them. Unfortunately, I got feedback and it was mostly negative, right? Um, for one of the universities, um, University of Oregon, I was actually waitlisted for the robotics program, but eventually I was declined. I didn't gain admission and this was quite disheartening and also painful because I put a lot into it, writing motivation letters, taking the GRE exam. But um, I think it was just nice also to go through that phase because at, at that point I wasn't even sure what next right and prior to that my boss then actually had always been telling me oh think about Europe right consider universities in Europe you know I was really keen on going to the US then and um, so I got this reach out about um, Delivery Euro and I decided to join right I did the interview process quite intense I decided to join and I moved to Berlin in 2018 so that's that was another phase of my career starting so I moved to Berlin in 2018 as a senior software engineer. I think the key thing there was that I actually had to change role from being a mobile engineer, which was what I was doing more at Cotton Kush at this point, right? Yes, I had experience with backend, with frontend, with also with DevOps, but for over almost a year, I'd been working mostly with the mobile team. So I was building Android and iOS applications. And when I got into delivery role, I was hired as a backend engineer. So big move. I needed to ramp up on a lot of things backend languages, how things have been done there, the new tools, Docker, um, Kubernetes, a couple of other things. I remember there were a few times while I was writing code, I was actually writing Java in PHP when I just joined Delivery Hero. But um, I really put a lot of time into that. I tried to do a lot of trainings that period, tried to get feedback as well, tried to still solve problems as I always did. And um, I think this eventually paid off for me because in 2019, I was then given the opportunity to become an engineering manager. So um, whenever I think back and um, thinking about my performance review then and what the things that were said, I think majorly what led to this was the ownership I was showing in the work I did. Um, taking ownership of the work, collaborating well with the product team, also with other engineers, helping other engineers to be more productive, which is the multiplier effect, right? So also being quite organized. So uh, these are other things that were identified, um, being able to make pragmatic technical decisions. So there are many solutions to a problem. How do you make a decision and why do you choose this, right? So these are a few things that I think helped me to become an engineering manager. And it's been an interesting journey so far. I've learned that it's a different career entirely. Um, yes, you are still a technical person, but um, it's important to keep people engaged. It's important to build a productive team. It's important to be in a happy team. And I've been learning more about this as an engineering manager. I hope that sometime on the podcast, I would have a, a specific episode where I share about engineering management and some of the things I've learned so far in my journey of less than two years. Um, but yeah, this has been my career so far. And um, after the break, I would share a few things that stood out for me or things that I've identified that helped me to succeed in my career. Thank you. Whoa. That was a lot, but <laughs> thanks for staying to this point. Um, yeah, that was my career. That's how I became an engineering manager. And uh, I recently had an opportunity to present at a um, a conference or a program at the University of Ibadan where I had to talk about being becoming successful as a techie. And I just wanted to highlight some of the things I, I kind of reflected on in my career that I think are things that have worked for me. So I would say the very first thing is applied knowledge, right? So 
we many times focus a lot on knowledge. We we try to learn things. We acquire skills, but we don't do anything with the knowledge we acquired. I feel like that's one thing that made a difference for me in my career. We acquired, I acquired skills. I learned about Python, but I tried to solve problems with Python. I learned J2ME. I tried to build apps with J2ME. I learned JavaScript. I tried to do something with JavaScript. I learned to build Android applications. I tried to do something with that. So I think it's very important to do something with whatever thing you have learned. No. Um, another thing that I think is important also is being reliable. So I think reliability is something many times we don't think about. I mean, it's not a technical skill. It's not an hard skill. It's a soft skill, but also a very important one. Actually, not really a skill, more like a, a trait, right? It's a trait of somebody. It's either you are reliable or you are not reliable. And this in sometimes could be a perception. It could also be the reality. But I feel like people see me as reliable. And because of that, whenever there's an opportunity, people think about me. So I think this could also be something that could be helpful for someone out there. Um, be the one that comes to people's mind when there is an opportunity. Moving on, I cannot overemphasize community. Community has had a huge influence on my career. Either through my friends that we coded together, Yemi, Jide, we will sit down, peer program, solve problems together or through my mentors that sometimes sat with me to solve problems, to figure out why something was not working. Um, Pelumi, Boye, Raman, to mention a few names, you know, or the communities I joined when I started to learn Python, you know, Dream in Code, Danny Web, all these communities were out there. I was just this person trying to learn something and didn't hear about before. And I would have been lost if not for people that took time to reply my posts, took time to answer my questions. And even till today, I still um, get solutions to problems from Stack Overflow. I also try to contribute as well. You know, so in thinking about the community, I would say you can learn from others and others can learn from you. Never forget this. Um, and for me, it's it's been very, very important. Moving on, I would say curiosity is also something that has stood out for me. So I I like to stay curious. I don't stop asking why something is not working, why, something is working, why, you know, asking this kind of questions, make sure that you, um, you know, get the right information out of people, you know, you get people to share, not just um, the outcome, but also the, the approach to solving that problem. And I feel like that's the important thing because many times we want different outcomes, but it's possible that the, the approach might solve multiple problems. So something to also keep in mind. Great. Um, I was trying to look up the definition for grit and it says it's passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. Yeah, I would say grit is very important, especially for the early days when I was learning programming. There were the painful times along with my friend. We have had bugs for months that we would know how to solve. You know, um, I remember myself and Yemi solved a bug and we found the solution on a Chinese website. The only thing we could understand was the code. We couldn't even understand the comments and other things that were written there, right? So grit, um, that's on a code level. There are other things, right? Grit in staying power in trying to learn something, you know, learning hard skills can be difficult. Um, when I joined Delivery Hero, I had to, um, I'd never used Kubernetes in production before, and I had to spend about six months learning that. It was quite painful sometimes, right? It was quite difficult to learn sometimes, but um, I, I was able to stick with it, and um, 
it's really benefited my career so far. So I'd say um, your career is a marathon of sprints. You need to have the the staying power to go the 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 the, the long haul. You know to go far. You really need the staying power. Yeah. Moving on, one other thing that I'll say um, has been working a lot for me is the ability to identify knowledge gaps. Right. So um, I like to tell people that I'm my biggest critic. I critic myself a lot. I look back at what I've done and I try to say, is there a better way I could have done this thing? Could I have done it better? Could I have approached this problem in a better way? Right. And in doing that, I'm able to identify what I don't know. And I put an effort. I set goals and I put effort into learning these things that I didn't know. Never stop identifying knowledge gaps. If you cannot identify it yourself, ask people around you, what is that thing? that I can learn or can do that would make a difference for me in my career. Don't stop doing that. Moving on, mentorship. Mentorship um, for me is a topic I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about it because it's had a very big influence in my career, either directly from um, Boye, Raman, Pelumi, people that influenced me, people that sat down to solve problems with me. Um, even for other people like my, my Xbox Stokes who sat down to... Oh, give me advice on career, give me advice on other things or through the people I also mentor, right? I see some of my mentees or people that I used to mentor doing amazing things, you know, and I'm really happy about it because, um, you know, you can never know that little help or support you give to somebody. You can never know how far that could go. So I would say you can lean on the shoulders of giants, but in doing this, be a good mentee, right? So when in the case where you are a mentee, try to be a good mentee and don't be a parasite, Right. You should um, be somebody that can eventually become a friend to your mentor. But if all you can do is to just get from your mentor, then maybe something is not being done right. So think about it. What can you contribute? What are you bringing to the table? It could just be, you know, coming early to the meetings that your mentor sets up. It could be straining some ideas. It could be um, helping your mentor to solve a problem, right? But in doing the in in, in doing mentorship, make sure you're not a parasite. Moving on, um, I would say practice is also something that is very important. Um, a child that is just born doesn't know how to walk. A child at some point sees that people are walking, tries to get up, walks, falls down, gets up again, walks, falls down, does that a few times. After a few months, the child can walk without any support. How did this happen? Practice. The child was always getting back up practicing how to work and eventually the child could work. Um, there's this thing I've heard before. I don't know if it's a saying, but people say the only way to learn to drive is by driving, right? You can't say, I know how to drive by playing video games. And you can't say, I know how to drive by just reading about driving. Like You need to drive to know how to drive well, right? So I would say, don't stop practicing. There is no other way. Moving on, reading. Um, I have a quote here. It's by my um, pastor in Ibadan before I traveled to Berlin. Um, he says, your exposure is your prophecy, right? So remember when I talked about um, how I dived into various trainings in my part one, right? What that did for me was to expose me, right? But there were also other things that exposed me, reading books, reading things people had done before, right? Um, when you are hungry for knowledge, you read. And when you read, you are exposed. And when you are exposed, you know there's more out there. And then you keep reading, right? It's a vicious cycle. It keeps going on and on, right? So I can overemphasize this, read, read. We spend a lot of our time these days doing other things but reading, you know. 
I have a Goodreads account where I usually share updates about the books I read. I would add this to the episode notes so you could actually check it out. I try to share books and I also follow other people because I like to see what other people are reading as well. How I, I, I wish we get to a point where this kind of social networks are the ones that are used more rather than, you know, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not saying they're bad, you know, but I feel like we are not leveraging enough um book reading platforms like or book sharing platforms like Goodreads. I'll keep it at that. Moving on. Um soft skills. Soft skills. Um I've had the opportunity of working with great engineers and a few times, really rare, I've also had time to, opportunity to work with people that are not so good, especially when it comes to soft skills, right? And the difference is always clear. Nobody wants to work with a brilliant engineer that is really um, rude or disrespectful or proud or any of the terrible things you could think about, right? So while we sometimes don't emphasize soft skills, how to communicate with people, the impact of culture on communication, understanding how people see things, emotional intelligence, empathy. I think it's important to learn this, especially as you grow um, in your career. You know, the further you go, the important, the more important soft or people skills are. So keep this in mind. Right. So solving problems. Um, having said all the things I've said, identifying your knowledge gaps, reading practicing, solve problems, right? So experience, they say, is the best teacher. You cannot say you are good at something unless you are solving a problem, right? I mean, software engineering, in a sense, was created to solve problems, right? Um, They say, what is an algorithm? An algorithm is a step-by-step approach to solving a particular problem. So never stop solving problems. Like, this would always pay its dividends and always pay it forward for you. In rounding up, I would say everything makes sense in hindsight. I'm able to share about my career path today and it looks all great and everything. But the truth is, while I was there, I didn't know this is how it will play out, right? So you are in your own career now. You are trying to figure out the next step. You are trying to figure out those things. Just try to do the best you can do at every point in time. You don't need to have it all figured out, but be convinced that you are doing your best, right? Be convinced that you are doing your best at the moment and that um, if asked, is there anything you could have done better? You would say no, right? That's something that you should be convinced of. Your best might not be the best at the moment. Never mind, just keep improving, right? So yes, your best is not good enough for what you're trying to achieve, but make sure you are doing this best you can and keep improving. Eventually, you would be able to achieve those goals that you set for yourself. Finally, you would make mistakes, my career, I've made mistakes. I've made grave mistakes. I've made mistakes that cost my company money before, right? But what I always say is, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. If you make the same mistakes, you're not improving. So there's a tiny balance between these two things, right? Make mistakes, but try not to make the same mistakes. Make sure you are learning something. When you learn something, when you expose yourself to new skills, to new concepts, to new topics, you would make mistakes, but make sure that you are improving so that you don't make the same mistakes over and over. Thank you very much. It's been really, really interesting sharing my um, about my career path and about some of the things that stood out for me in my career. I would really like to hear your thoughts um, about this. How has been your own career path? What has this been like? How, um, what are the things that stood out for you in your career? Please share with me. You can tweet at me at adgoke underscore on Twitter. And um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will be really excited to hear from you. 
Also, if you like to share your career path on the on my podcast, right? If you feel like there's something useful that people could learn from your career path, feel free to reach out to me as well and we can discuss or set something up. Thank you very much and enjoy your day.